Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the ninth episode of the Jupiter Farms Residence Podcast. My name is Matt. I am the Jupiter Farms president. I'm here with fellow comrade in arms from the Jupiter Farms Board of Directors. Hi, I'm Jillian. And with us as our guest today is Benji Stute from Palm Beach County, ERM. First of all, what does ERM stand for, Benji? ERM stands for Environmental Resources Management. But what does that mean? What does it mean? It means that pretty much everything to do with the environment here in Palm Beach County, we got our well, that's a huge fingers job. in, in in some way or another. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. you guys get budgeted through the county, albeit sometimes not as much as we would like. That's right. Because that's you've right. got, I don't know how, do you know how many acres of, of public lands you guys are stewards to? Right. So, I mean, right here within the watershed of the Loxachee River, we manage uh, about 25,000 acres of natural areas. So, of our over 31,000 acres, the vast majority is right up here in the North County surrounding you all. So those are huge swaths of land that you guys are responsible for, quote unquote, managing. What does that mean, managing? Right. I mean, managing is, is kind of confusing. When I came to ERM, even though I had a background in environmental science and was a wetland regulator for three years, I had no idea what went into land management. You know, a lot of people think, you fence an area off and nature takes care of itself. But right. That's the last thing you want to actually have happen in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Because here in Florida, we're, we're kind of uh, the epicenter of a lot of invasive species. So yeah. we, we spend a lot of money on exotic plant removal, yeah. exotic animals as well. I mean, hogs are a big problem. They damage the land, but it's not just that it's, it's monitoring the habitats and it's trying to restore them. Restoring the fire interval is huge. So implementing prescribed fire on the land, it's so important for our habitats here in, in Florida. Do you find that the prescribed fires are still controversial? Because every once in a while, you know, I'll read on Facebook, you know, this shouldn't be happening. We shouldn't be doing this. And, and you know, I'm not a, a land steward. I pass the land and I wave to the land and I recreate on the land, but I don't know what's necessarily healthy or not. What we're finding, especially in your community here in Jupiter Farms, when we hear those kinds of things, it's, it's usually from somebody that's pretty new to the area. Mm-hmm. The folks that have been around here for a while are, are pretty educated on how important prescribed fire is. I mean, you know, it may be inconvenient for a day. You may smell smoke, but what we're doing is really restoring native habitats. But what about the critters? What about the animals? Right. So if you ever get the opportunity to watch a film on prescribed fire or, or ever get the opportunity to actually witness a prescribed fire, it's, it's amazing that the animals really know. They can sense what's going on. So the mobile animals are all, they're out of there well before they're in any danger. All right. of the mammals and, and all the things that are now, obviously, you know, some insects are, are going <laughs> to, yeah. but that's okay. when we, when we burn the land, you see just this myriad of bird species congregating over the fire and they're picking off all these insects that are, that are fleeing the fire. So it's, it's kind of a food so source. It's and, circle of life. Absolutely. Lion King kind absolutely. Of thing. And, and then everything is adapted to fire because it's been happening for millennia here. So you know, one of the things I like to, it, people think about gopher tortoises, right? Everybody right. loves the tortoises. Sure, they're cute. They're little bulldozers. Yeah. They can sense that the fire is approaching, they'll get into their burrow. And if they don't, it's amazing. I've, I've actually witnessed after a burn has gone through, if they get caught outside their burrow, they're such good excavators that they'll actually clear a space around them of bare dirt and they'll just hunker down. And they're the, fine. The fire will go over them. And I've walked up into a burned area and there's a tortoise and he's hunkered down and he comes out and scoots away. No scars. What about the emotional toll that that takes on the gopher tortoise? (laughs) You know, do you guys, do you guys do any aftercare when it comes to that? Like you nurture them, speak to them. Do you sing to them at all? Well, generally, yeah, yeah. They, they really like song. So kind. 
any um, particular genre of music that you find? You know, you'd be surprised. Uh, boy bands, really? Yeah, really. Oh, oh, they're fantastic dancers. You wouldn't think so. But, I wouldn't. Uh, that's amazing. But, uh, the last see, thing I would think. No, yeah. it's cool. Can you want to sing some of that those songs for I, us? I'm a girl. I can't do boy bands. Yeah, I don't really know any of those. That was after my time. Beatles were, I guess, a boy band, but uh, I don't know if they respond band. to. They that. were the original boy band. They they certainly were. <laughs> Let's, Maybe like a little mbop or something. Whoa, yeah. mbop yeah. is that like? That's Han- Hanson. That, I don't know. It's like Mike's. <laughs> we're, we're I think so, this is Mike's favorite band. We are so I, off the charts on my knowledge that. Um, I have an excuse. So. And I know that when I have visited, say, Pine Glades, maybe six or nine months after a prescribed burn, it's really amazing what it looks like. It's not that whole scorched earth kind of thing anymore. It's just you see this this regrowth. And it's just coming back stronger and better and bigger and faster. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, an explosion of life that happens after a prescribed fire. And it's not just the vegetation. Animals move into that, to that unit. And one of the real cool success stories about pine glades is what's happened with the, uh, with the bobwhite quail. Uh, so the bobwhite quail was, you know, a very abundant bird species uh, that was used. Uh, people hunted them, used them as a food source. And they were really abundant here in Florida, but over the past several decades, they've really dropped out and Mm. it's due to habitat loss and not so much habitat loss from a perspective of developing public land, but it's because of fire suppression. So they really rely on these open habitats. So the cool thing about Pine Glades is right now we've done such a good job of implementing prescribed fire, bringing it back there that pretty much every time you go out to Pine Glades, if you take a little hike on the quail trail, Mm -hmm. uh, the high trail and go about three quarters of a mile. Pretty much every time you go out there, you're going to at least hear Bob White's calling. So next time you visit Pine Glades, pull up on your phone. What do they call like? What does that sound like? Can you, can, can you? I'm, I'm not as talented as you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious if you could tell us what, the, what that like, would be like. David can do it. David, do you have, know what a Bob White sounds like? <laughs> That's not that's quite. I'm pretty sure that that's exactly opposite of that's what that's David's they, generic they, bird noise. Yeah. All birds yeah. sound like that. Cuckoo, <laughs> Over here, over here. Um, that's, 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 that's awesome. I mean, we're, we're fortunate out here in Jupiter farms cause we're pretty much surrounded by natural land, you know, on all four sides. And, and I know that you guys are really stewards to a lot of those lands. You've got a lot of things going on. I think in Loxahatchee Slough, you've, you've got some recreation opportunities coming up. You want to talk about those? Yeah, absolutely. So Loxahatchee Slough is, uh, we are under construction right now. So the central part of the slough is closed down because it is a construction site, but we're building public use facilities there. That's really exciting. Loxatchee Slough is our largest natural area. It's just under 13,000 acres. Can you tell everybody what a slough is? Because I know I came here and I didn't even know how to pronounce it because I thought it was sluggish yes, or whatever. Yes, it's not slough. No, it's not It's slough. not sluggish. <laughs> it's slough. So a slough is essentially a very, very broad and very, very slow moving river. Uh, shallow river. So it's, it's essentially a broad expanse of, of swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you get in that Loxahatchee Slough. So you have thousands and thousands of acres of water that is very shallow and moving very slow across the land towards the Loxahatchee River, where eventually it will become channelized. And then you get that beautiful river scene. Right. And like you just said, you know, we have the wild and scenic Loxahatchee River, which Absolutely. is an important estuary, I think it is, right? And so it went, once it gets uh, down towards the saltwater interface, yes, mm-hmm. it becomes the estuary, but the Wild and Scenic River 
one of only two federally designated wild and scenic rivers in the state. And this is the first one that was designated. It's right here. And that was not an easy process to, to have happen. It's not like get a bunch of people to come down from the feds and go, oh yeah, it's, a, it's pretty wild and pretty scenic. Yeah. That's right. That's, that's right. So, so 1986 is, is when it was designated. And that was really important because essentially what that did is laid the groundwork for implementing restoration of the river. It was, it was identified as, as a really significant resource uh, regionally. So that act, the designation of it being wild and scenic really helped us to get funding and, and implement restoration that we're really seeing today. So since we're in Jupiter Farms, the the surrounding areas, tell us what we've got. We mentioned Pine Glades and we mentioned Loxahatchee Slough. Yeah, we have a question about the slough. Oh, did you didn't raise your hand? Jillian? Somewhere in my head, the construction project that you're doing, is there like a major, um, is it called an overlook? What's the... A tower? Is that right, going? Right. Okay. Yes, okay, this so is, I'm not making that up in my head. You're not making it up. We are installing, looks, we're constructing an observation tower thank you, as that's part of the public use facilities. This is going to be really, really cool. It's, it's an elevated tower where you're going to be able to climb up about 25 feet above the ground surface and, and really get a view of the canopy of the pine forest there uh, in the western part of Loxhatchee Slope. That's so cool. Yes, it's yeah. going to be really, really neat. And that trail system, you're going to be able to go from the parking lot there's a wildlife observation platform, which is much lower, that's closer to the parking lot. There's going to be a fishing pier and then trail systems where you can hike out to this observation platform. And, and if you're really adventurous, go hook up with the uh, Ocean to Lake Trail. So how does one, where is this parking lot going to be? How is one going to access the, uh, the new, the, the new yeah. area? Yeah, so this is going to be one of several access points to, to Loxatchee Slough. And hopefully you guys know that you can already access it through our multi-use trail system, the, the Hague Wildways. So right now you can access the slough from the Sand Hill Crane Access Park on PGA Boulevard mm -hmm. or by going through Riverbend and going out the south end of Riverbend, hooking up with the trail system. Um, That's the more difficult way to go. Maddie won't like that. He likes the one you can drive to. Oh, come on. Bikes? Biking's well, easy. I'd rather have to take nope. a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> so the new public use facilities are, it's going to be a parking lot off of Beeline Highway. So it's about halfway in between PGA Boulevard and Calusa out on, out on Beeline. Awesome. Yeah. So what else and do we have around in our here? backyard? And then the other, the other thing that we're working on oh. with Loxatchee Slough is a canoe kayak launch. Ah, uh, I do remember yes, that. Yes. And so that's going to be uh, right across the canal from Sandhill Crane Access Park on PGA Boulevard. So you'll be able to launch your canoe or kayak right there. Um, and depending on how this hurricane goes, you may be able to have direct access, you know, everywhere right from your yard. Yeah. Absolutely. Huh? Yeah. Just paddle all around. Stay safe out there. Um, so yeah, Loxahatchee Slough is, is really interesting and, and it's really exciting for us. Uh, that's, but that's awesome. You know, Matt, you were, you were asking about what is it like to be here in Jupiter Farms? And whenever I get the chance to talk to you all, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible where you live. Uh, and I tell people all the time, as much as I can, you guys live in the middle of a national park. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, pretty you, much. you yeah. really do. Mm -hmm. So when I present to people and I mean, this is coming, we, my wife and I, we take a cross country trip every year. We're getting ready to set off again here in September. <laughs> I, just, I live for your pictures. Thank you. Yeah. We should actually mention that you can follow Benji on Instagram, right? Oh, right. So, so first and foremost, follow, follow PBC Erm at PBC Erm. Oh, right. right. Uh, first. Awesome. Awesome content there. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to follow along, I post some other wildlife stuff here locally and, and you know, my wife and I's adventures with my family across the U S so at Benji Stute photo on Instagram. There you go. Yeah. And, and Stute is spelled 
T-U-D-T. That's right. So it's That's a little right. different David's, than it's pronounced. David's gonna yes. put it David will put it in the program yeah. notes, right, Dave? It will be in the show notes. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we, we really live here right in the middle of a national park. And, and I can say that from having traveled across the country and, and visiting a, a bunch of them. But 165,000 acres of public land that surround the Loxahatchee River, the Wild and Scenic River, and, and we're right in the middle of it. So there's just incredible opportunities to, to hike, to bike, to paddle. Yeah, we haven't even spoken about Cypress, uh, Cypress Creek, Creek, north right? and south. You forgot the part where, or you can just go to the parking lot and sit in your car like some people. Well, you know, it's a good easy, view from there. Easy, I was easy. talking about David. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Nice spot to catch a lunch or, you yeah, know, a yeah. little dinner sunset. There yeah. you go. Just don't leave your valuables in the seat. That's right. That's right. Pack it in, pack it out. That's right. That's what I always say. Pack it in and pack it out. <laughs> there was once this girl down in... Uh, where was she? Shanghai? No, where was she? Anyway, I digress. Um, so let's talk about Cypress Creek North and South. What do we have going on there? Because one of them is, they're both they're fairly new. Right. Well, so Cypress Creek North has been, has been open uh, for several years now. Cypress Creek South was open December 2016. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that one is fairly new. Um, right now we've, we've gotten a big slug of water, which means the water levels are back up. Right. But that means that the paddling there is, is a lot easier. Right. We did a Ray Fox release with Bush Wildlife Center. I saw those pictures. Our newest those pictures adopter. were amazing. Yeah. Tell us what you've been doing with Bush Wildlife. Right. So Bush Wildlife uh, is one of our newest adopters and they've adopted four natural areas in the North County. And what that's really going to help them do is uh, it's a great partnership because they're going to get lands where they can release wildlife. You know, they are a wildlife hospital. Right. That's their number one mission is rehab wildlife. Yeah. We've had Amy here. And, Absolutely. And she's, and she's, she's such a trip. She's, she's such she's a wonderful awesome. guest. She's awesome. But I think that this partnership is amazing because you just released. Right. So we released three gray fox kits and a, and a great blue heron. This was a pretty big public event. We had, you know, over a hundred people there to witness the release of the foxes. But this is something that's going to continue. They've got some birds right now that are getting ready for, for release. And so we'll be doing smaller release events, probably not as big as we did for that first Fox release. Do you, do you track them after they're released? Bush's mission is really back into nature, get them back into nature yeah. and, and give them a chance, right. you know, and, and tracking is, is really expensive. And that's some, it's a story I wanted to get into because we actually worked with uh, the Palm Beach Zoo mm-hmm. and a really cool nonprofit, uh, the Avian Research and Conservation Institute. And they study among many bird species, swallowtail kites. Uh-huh. And so this year we were actually able to work with those two groups and tag two swallowtail kites that were nesting on our county natural areas. And so now you can actually go follow along on their journey. Swallowtail kites are one of my favorite birds. Did uh, county want to tag them so they can start assessing them fees for squatting on the land? I'm just not, I'm not curious. Just curious as to so yet so, you pay one egg. <laughs> so that's, so, so these birds, um, the tags now, these are the less precise tags. They're, they're based on cell towers, right? $4,000 a piece. Wow. And they work for about two years. Uh-huh. So the cost to, to really track and monitor wildlife is, is pretty big. And, yeah. and that's where the zoo came in. The zoo actually funded these satellite tags for these two birds. Very cool. Where are they so far? So the, the tail of the kite is, is really cool. I, I don't know if you've seen them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're these really elegant black and white birds that, that soar over the sky with a deeply forked tail from about late February until about two or three weeks ago. If you're a birder, you probably notice that they're not here anymore. Yeah. And that's because they've, they've taken off on their migration. And, and they're one of my favorite birds because they're travelers and, and I love to travel. So what they do is they gather in these communal roosts throughout the month of, of July, and then they take off and they take off in groups at night. 
and they cruise down the peninsula and down the Florida Keys and they take off and they keep Cuba off their wingtip and they go all the way over to the Yucatan Peninsula. And right there, (laughs) so right there in the Yucatan Peninsula, they hang out for a few weeks and kind of refuel because these birds, they're not like seabirds. So they're not built for these long journeys over water. Right. They can only last about four days over water. So they make it over to the Yucatan, they kind of refuel and then they hop down Central America and they go over the Andes Mountains and they spend the rest of the year in Brazil. So 5,000 miles. Wow. So these birds, when these chicks are three months old, they take off on a 5,000 mile journey. Wow. 10,000 wow, miles really a year. Cool. Yeah. And, and David, I think, can do the swallowtail kite. Oh, yeah. Do your swallowtail kite noise. Very nice. Yeah. That sounded Amazing. like the Bob White. That sounded exactly yeah, like no, the Bob White. subtlety. They're yeah. related. They're both <laughs> birds. <laughs> so, yeah, we on, on our Facebook page, we posted a link to, uh, to where you can follow you have them. To go check them yeah, out. Yeah, on ARCI's uh, really website. So, so they track these birds. Right now, uh, we, track, or we tagged a male and a female. And one of them is down in Panama right now. And the other one is still kind of hanging out in the Yucatan Peninsula refueling. I That's guess he's, cool. he's finding some good, good well, forage. Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. hanging out. He's like, no, honey, you go That's, ahead. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> be, there, be there in a couple <laughs> I'll, weeks. I'll catch up with you. That's right. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, that's awesome. That's really neat. That's a, that's a great story. I love, I love the partnerships. So you partnered with Bush Wildlife. You partnered with uh, the zoo. Are there any other special partnerships that Erm enjoys on that kind of a level. Yeah, sure. So, so our adopt a natural area program is, is really unique in that a lot of adopt a programs are really focused on cleanups, right. but uh, our adopt a program is, is really focused on trying to engage different segments of the community with our natural areas. Cause one of the things we struggle with, we have these beautiful places, but we don't have an actual place. We don't have a nature center right. that will draw people in. So we, we do partnerships like uh, with the L Center for Autism. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're an adopter. And North Jupiter Flatwoods earlier this year was designated as the first autism-friendly public land. The first autism-friendly natural area in the state. That um, awesome. So Very that's cool. really, really a, a cool partnership. We, the VA is an adopter of Winding Waters Natural Area. And hopefully you guys are familiar with our yep. Adventure Awaits mm-hmm. program. So they've, they've created an adventure awaits program specifically for veterans with PTSD and, and they actually will take the veterans out on the natural areas and and use nature um, as a therapy for them. You actually just kind of segued into what I was, I wanted to hit. I want to talk about the adventure awaits because, you know, we put it in our newsletter, but you know, I know it's, it's always just getting it out there so people know that it's going on. Um, So, so give a little info and, you know, kind of infomercial on the adventure awaits because there's some great stuff that goes on and a lot of it's literally in our backyard. Absolutely. And, so, and David can do bird noises where appropriate. Where only, <laughs> only when appropriate. That's right. So, so we do have a few different meet the snowbirds events this fall, but adventure awaits is it's a free event series. And essentially what we're trying to do is say that one word again. So it's a, it's a free, free, free. Yeah, our listeners free. like that. Free. This podcast is free, by the way. I, I like um, we're all too. about the free. That's right. So it's a free adventure series. And what we're focused on is, is trying to, give people an experience out in nature and try to connect you with the land. So I always say, hopefully you'll get comfortable enough to come back by yourself and hopefully bring somebody with you who's, who's never been, but adventure awaits is a seasonal schedule. We release it every season. It's 10 to 12 events. We actually have a lot more than that in the fall. It's yeah. a, it's a packed schedule, yeah, it is. but the events are, are really broad. We do things like yoga in the natural areas. We do uh, meet the snowbirds events where we do birding. We do some really adventurous stuff like the photography workshops, right? 
Uh, I'll get you out there, get your feet in the mud, get you yep. in the swamp. And what I like is that it's for all levels. I mean, there are all some levels. people that if you want to go on, you know, something that's a little bit more high impact, there's stuff available to Absolutely. you. But if you're, if that's not your game, you can get out there with your camera just in your boots and go out there like. and be yeah. sloth like. Right. I mean, we, we have mellow walks, sunset walks, uh, but then we even have swamp tromps where, where we intentionally, you know, we, we bring you guys out in the swamp. We've got a growing up wild series that's focused for kids which is really cool, especially if there's homeschool moms in the community. That's a great resource to bring the kids out and and get them in touch with nature. Uh, One of the really cool things on the fall schedule that was a huge hit last year and is right around the corner is our haunted hike. Um, Where do you do that this year? So we're doing that at North Jupiter Flatwoods again. So right there at Jupiter Community Park. Uh, And we're going to have a setup in the parking lot for the the younger kids where we can do crafts and kind of educate about the natural areas and things like that. And then we're going to have the scary trail. So last year we did it two years ago and it was a bit of an educational trail. Right. Um, But a lot of our staff wanted to really kick up the scare factor. So last year we did a scary trail and we have a lot of incredibly creative people that are very passionate about Halloween. You guys should put some game trail cameras on uh, that's a great around idea. that. that would so, be super so cool. Just yeah. imagine the video on that. Yes. You're going to get some great video. If yeah. You yeah. So yeah, get, I mean, the, it, get like some old ones that are grainy, black and white. It'll look like I the like Blair it. Witch Project kind of thing. <laughs> so it's uh, October 25th. Awesome. October 25th is the date. Um, so it's a Friday before Halloween. Uh, and, and that's going to be a fun. ton of fun. And this, David, will have it, the link in the show notes. But if uh, for those of you that, that receive our newsletter, um, you put this in pretty much every month yes. when it's going on. So all that, yeah. the, the, and there's the always the link, link to the, to the events. What is it? The event, right. Right. Eventbrite is where you sign up for the events. Uh, most of the events uh, are reserved capacity. And so you do have to sign up for them. Right. Uh, we've moved to releasing the, the sign up for every month. Um, so even though the entire schedule is, is published, uh, you can only sign up for September events. Right. And then about the middle of September, the October events will go live. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, follow along, sign up. Again, they're free. How long have you been with Erm now? Uh, so I'm, oh man, dating me. Uh, no, I'm not dating you. <laughs> 2006. 2006. Yes, so you've been 2006. With so, and, and you've seen a lot of changes over the years. There's got to be some benchmarks that are just like, man, that was a fantastic thing that happened. You know, these, these, these events or changes or being able to get this area named as a natural area because it hadn't been, and we didn't know what was going to happen. Any of those stand out in your mind? Well, I think, I mean, there's several right here locally where, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we were really successful in, in leveraging the funding that we received from the two bond referendums in Mm -hmm. 91 and 99 with grant dollars. And and that allowed us to do things like acquire uh, Cypress Creek North. Right. Um, but, you know, Pine Glades is it's got a special place in my heart. And, oh, and I think I think a lot of folks here, I mean, that that's really become one of the sunset meccas and, and I think in, if, in the county here. And we, yeah, I was say, I we've, they know. <laughs> we've said it on the show before. If you've never taken in sunset at Pine Glades, just go and do it. You right. will thank yourself. Right. Um, because there's really nothing like it that I've ever seen in South Florida. Absolutely. Absolutely. So but you ask about benchmarks and, and milestones, you know, in, in the first 20 years of our natural areas program, we were really focused on acquiring the land and, and restoring the land. And one of the things that, that we're most proud of is something that you really can't see. You can go out to the natural areas and, you know, generally before restoration, they were closed. So a lot of people didn't get the chance to see what these areas look like before restoration. But right. the, the immediate impact of what we've done to the land is, is evident. Right. But 
you know, the Loxhatchee River and the restoration of the river was in the SERP, Comprehensive Everglades Restoration Plan, that was passed in 2000. And to date, still, as far as SERP goes, there hasn't been anything done to restore the river. However, uh, we've been hard at work at, at ERM restoring our natural areas, 25,000 acres in the watershed. We're, we're bringing the water back up right. to where it was naturally. And some of the state agencies, FWC and, and, and all these other agencies that manage land have been doing the same. And so what that's turned into is in 2007, when one of some of our biggest restoration projects started coming online, the South Florida Water Management District and Locks River District noticed some significant increases in health of the river. Mm. Um, specifically in, in getting water to the river in the dry season when it needs it most. Right. And so even though that's something that's, that's not really visible, uh, the river is being restored and it's, it's because of, in, in large part, the efforts of restoration of ERM and the other land management agencies in the land surrounding the river. And that, that's huge for us out in Jupiter Farms too, because those numbers that reflect the health of the river means that our outfall from our waters are pretty decent because we're always under the threat of, well, are they going to come in here with city water? Are they going to come in here with, with a sewer system? And our outfall numbers are actually better than a lot of the places in town where they're already on a sewer system. One of the things that our hydrologic restoration on the lands has done too, is it's buffered you all from some of the impacts of storms because mm-hmm. now the oh, water is, is sitting yeah. on the land where it should be in our natural areas instead of immediately flowing out from ditch connections and, and lowered culverts that kitchen. used to be there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So in, instead of our natural areas, you know, putting water in through your system in an unnatural way, it's actually staging up and, and it's, and it's really helping buffer you all from, from right. storm events. And I these issues are so complex. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it's so complex. There's just so many levers and buttons. And I think at the end of it, it's just like, well, we hope that this is going to be the way it works because there's no magic formula. Everybody here, well, hopefully everybody here understands that, you know, we live in a swamp. We live in a swamp. We live in a swamp. So, so, uh, you know, part of the education for residents uh, when they get here, there's a heavy rain and all of a sudden there's water in somebody's yard and they start freaking out. And it's like, well, no, that's, that's how the system's supposed to work. It's like your home's not underwater. Right. Right. And that's, and that's the important thing. Right. And that's, you're holding the water, you're storing the water, it's percolating, it's refilling our aquifer. It's, filtering down it's doing the things that it's supposed to do right. sorry you can't trim your your lawn this week right <laughs> but you know next week it'll be here soon enough and it'll be fine and you'll be able to do it right. um, you know we we saw you know what's 5.5 inches of rain and when you did the math it was in our district which is the Sirwicket district that was 1.8 billion gallons of water in three hours or whatever it was and that's you know, that's a lot it's an of amazing water. It's got to go somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, and, and now we're, that we're facing down this hurricane. Right. We're recording this on today's Thursday. Thursday before the Saturday hurricane or Sunday hurricane and is hitting. Dorian is coming Monday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. So, right. so we're going to get what they, I think they said 10 to 10 to 14. Well, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, they say a lot well, of things. Dice. Well, there's, there's a couple of models, you know, yeah. 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 Europeans so, calling for that, that big fall and, and somewhere between zero and 15 yeah, inches right? of rain. So exactly. <laughs> we don't know, but we've done it before. I think it was, yeah. you know, last year we had our annual rainfall before May. It was, you know, we had yeah, we already, hit the, right, we hit the right. year mark and, and we're all still here season. and no houses, fl- you know, float away. We're, we're, we're good. It's just, you know, I think, what you said is the education, you know, people do move here and they're used to living in other places where they have storm sewers and that's where the water goes and it goes magically away somewhere. 
right to you that know, place called away to, that's to where the garbage place. goes to. that's right yeah. away. That's a place called away yeah I, I saw um john meyer posted today and and just reminded everybody i mean one of the huge things to do i know this is probably going to air after the storm or or during but as local stewards of of this system he was reminding everybody you know check your check your culverts um yeah. check your inlets and and if they're clogged clear them yourself clear them. and and or we're call. the first line or yeah. call absolutely right. the homeowner is the first line of defense exactly. when it comes to the drainage you know? so so the more and the to, more people understand to catch the end of that if it's something in the, in a canal outfall or you're not physically capable of doing it you can call they did have crews out yeah they absolutely and they always do oh right. they're all hands on deck yeah. right now so absolutely. yeah you guys are I, I think really lucky with the it's with the leadership the edu- you it's all just have. the education and getting it out there because uh, you know for every one person that puts up their house for sale another one comes in who just may not understand or know and luckily we do get the emails and the calls saying thanks i now understand and you know even this podcast is hoping to help educate some people out there so what are the questions that i should have asked you that i didn't Oh, what what do you want to gloat about? Come on. What I mean, do I want to gloat about? Gloat about your photography. No. Stop. Dear Lord. <laughs> She's like fanboy Benji. I am a total Jesus. Benji photo fangirl. Right, right. because pipe, pipe down over no. there. I, I wish I'm I could asked, show everyone a picture right now. I can't. You can't. On radio. This is radio. Well, uh, I'll gloat about uh, some of our staff that produce some of the photos for our social media because I... You know, I, I contribute almost none to our social media feed. And so we have a lot of really talented people. Our, our volunteer coordinator, Ann Matthews and, and you know, J.C. Berry, who um, who is outreach coordinator for natural areas. Mm-hmm. Just tons of people. Kelly Martin, who takes sea turtle photos. So, you know, the, the content that's on there uh, and Ann does such an amazing job yeah. of, of really giving people kind of tips and guidelines of of. Go visit this now. You know, this is what that, this is what's happening now. So and your website's kind of hip compared to like, if you take a regular, you know, government website or whatever, you guys are kind of trendy on your stuff. With oh the, with man, the, thank I you. I think so. No, yeah. I think that's what no, they have to be. Website you know? or social. Or social. social. Well, both, social. but yeah. it just, social. it just gives kind of yeah. like a, oh, like I a hipper a, vibe to yeah. it where it's not like, oh. Oh, look, there's a program. <laughs> no, I, you know, it, it does I, make a difference. I mean, I, everybody that I have ever dealt with for Palm Beach County ERM has always been all about the education, all about the conservation and just, you know, really they love what they do. Yeah. It seems, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different than when you're going into like the zoning department or something and you're trying (laughs) to figure out your setbacks, but you know, you guys are passionate about what you do. It never feels like it's a nine to five punch card kind of, you know, uh, people that you're dealing with. And and that's one of the things that I think is great and fortunate. Yeah. There's not a lot of counties that are probably doing yoga in the natural areas. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think we've, we're very lucky. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, and, and I think we've been, been given the freedom to, to be creative and, mm-hmm. and our goal is always just to try to inspire people to connect with our, with our environment. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, if, if, if we're going to really save these places, uh, for generations, we can't do it from behind our computers. We've yeah. got to do it with our, with our feet in the mud. And, and I love and, it cause you're smart as, as he's saying all these things. You're smiling. Stop like you, describing radio. I have to describe radio. People. One of the things I wish that could happen is everybody who is out there that enjoys these natural areas would make it known to their government officials that this is what they're doing. Because I think so much of what ERM does is behind the scenes and not necessarily out there in your face or something that's, you know, going to alleviate congestion on the traffic, you know, immediately. So some of it takes so much time. And I think subsequently when it comes time for, Hey, here's our budget. How are we going to spend it on the County level? Erm kind of, 
since it, it's in the background, sometimes they kind of get short shafted. And I know that I've personally and Jupiter Farms residents have personally written letters um, when you were under the gun for some of these these cuts. And I, you know, I don't want to have you talk out of turn because I know you're 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 a government representative, um, you know, but everyone who's out there that listens to this, that's enjoys natural areas, write a letter to you, to your um, your commissioners. If you see something, say something. Mm-hmm. Like you see the a hell bird. Does that, what does that, what if you the see a bird, go write a nice letter. We, the, it hey, works. Look, there's a bird right there. <laughs> Thank you very much, David. <laughs> no, Matt, you're, you're absolutely right. What I, what I can say is is what I encourage everyone I talk to to do, and and that is a couple of different things. And and first and foremost, you know, people when they go out on my events, and sorry for those of you who have, you're going to have to hear it again. Uh, but for the for the people who go out on our events, I, I always say, you know volunteer, you know, join a volunteer event. Uh, it's a great way to give back. But I always say the most important thing that, that we all can do for our natural areas is also the easiest thing. And it's just go outside, yeah. you know, get up on, the, get up off the couch, mm-hmm. go outside and connect with the land. Right. Um, if you do, it's going to make it that much easier to be a steward for the land. Bring somebody who's never been. If we all do that uh, and then we all follow it up with action. Right. right Matt, you, you just said email your elected officials. Everybody thinks that somebody else is lobbying for these things. Right. But the fact of the matter is, you know, you take five minutes and write an email. I've written my congressman, I think, four times this year so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's on issues that I'm passionate about. But they will respond and they hear you. Right. Uh, so if we all do that, if we all go out and connect and then we follow that up with action and yeah. and, and just it, it doesn't always have to be negative. It doesn't right. have to be a complaint. No. Not tell them all. tell them how passionate you are about. Uh, what you yeah. connected with. I've lived, I've lived in Jupiter farm 25 years. And the first time I went to blah, blah, blah. And it was amazing. They would love to hear that. Absolutely. Because their email is clogged with people complaining. You give them a compliment. That's going to stick out. That's, that's absolutely and it's a right. Great feather in Erm's cap. I, I appreciate you all supporting us. My, I really, really do. Well, here we are at the end of another Jupiter Farms Residence podcast. Remember, coming up this month in the farms, Jupiter Farms Residence, September 10th, JFR meeting at 7 p.m. at the Jupiter Farms Pavilion. Hear updates from the PBSO, Sir Wicket, and our guest speaker from Jupiter Septic, Scott Hoffmeister. That meeting is being sponsored by Kelly Rue from Waterfront Properties with a $50 gift card as the raffle. Also, September 19th is the Sirwicket Annual Landowners Meeting. It's probably the most important Sirwicket meeting of the year. It's at 7 p.m. in the Jupiter High School Auditorium, so if you can make that, please do. Also, from September 15th to October 15th, you can surf over to the Jupiter Farms Residence website and pre-order your Christmas tree. I know it sounds a little early, but it's that time of year. As always, we offer the freshest trees around. They're cut on a Wednesday, driven down to us by Friday, and sold to you on that Saturday at Town & Country Feed and Supply. So just hop on over to www.jupiterfarmsresidence.com on September 15th. All the information will be there for you to pre-order your trees, wreaths, and garlands. On November 16th, we have the Jupiter Farms Residence Family Hoedown. This year, we are having the String Assassins as our musical featured guests. So we have that, of course, with Burnt Offerings and the Scoop Coop for our food and dessert choices. So there you go. It's a lot of information. Luckily, you can rewind and listen to it all again. Once again, folks, thanks for listening to the JFR podcast. And be sure you hit that subscribe button so you'll be notified when a new episode releases. And please share it with your neighbors and friends. So... 
Our thanks to Someone Talk Media and to David Guggenheim for his direction and engineering. And our thanks to you for streaming and listening to the Jupiter Farm Residence podcast and to our special guest from Erm, we had with us Benji Stute. Take care and we'll be speaking to you again before long from the farm. So everybody, let's say goodbye. 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 Jupiter Farms Residence Podcast. That sounded perfect. That's pretty awesome. I see. I think that's very impressive. You do some? Do some. That's kind of like what he did. That's good. Did they arrest the violin guy? Hopefully, he was. He I got don't taken know. Down. I, I think you know the SWAT team came out. Yeah, and you know See, that's he was, my outrage of the month. What is your outrage of the month? The that, violin? Yeah, that somebody actually called. Well, we on don't the know violin. that. If you actually read the thread, it says the police weren't called. The police were called. I don't know that we have a real clear idea of what actually went down with the violinist at Publix. I'm still going to be outraged in case somebody called on them. Okay. I'll be mad That's at your the prerogative. unknown you're, perp. You're absolutely, you're absolutely fine with that. Entitled um, to that, yeah. yeah. He's really good. He is. He's excellent. I have never seen him. Oh, he's, well, you don't see him here. My wife says but, he's yeah. too loud. Well, well she know, probably called. She, did she so call? She I might have done that. I hate her. Oh my God, she did. It's David's wife. She doesn't care about Texas. Care about here. You just heard that Jillian said she doesn't care about Texas. I don't care about Texas. I don't care about Texas. I don't care. I don't care about Texas. Tune in next time to find out what else Jillian doesn't care about. This has been a production of SomeoneTalkedMedia.com. 